Fantastic to be in BCC uh, this morning. Uh, would you open your Bibles or get onto your devices uh, and go to Joshua chapter 1? We are going to be reading from Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we also have in our U version uh, an event that you can follow. Uh, that's just at the should have been on your WhatsApp this morning. It's also on our YouTube and Facebook descriptions. You can just click that and uh, you can open up and there's a place for you to follow through the message, read it along with us and add your own notes as well. Uh, and as, uh, as they said in the notices, last, well, last Wednesday I, I did a, a video on how you can get more out of the YouVersion app. So have a look at that. That's last Wednesday in this little mini-series I'm doing called More from the Word. Uh, so yeah, uh, Joshua chapter 1. Uh, sorry, Joshua, uh, yeah, Joshua chapter 1 and we'll take We'll pick it up from verse 1. Read along with me. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the, desert, from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on day and night so that you may be, may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Well, I've got some news for us this morning. Uh, Moses hasn't died. He's gone to KT. I just want to address that elephant in the room. This is the first Sunday uh, since Pastor Mark and Kathy uh, took their leave of us last weekend. And uh, we're into kind of like a new season, aren't we, BCC? Uh, and what's going to happen is that over the next uh, month or two, or in the unfolding time, uh, our elders are going to get with Elam's national leadership team, and there will be an appointment made of a new senior pastor to BCC. Um, and in that space, in between then and now, uh, myself and the team are going to lead you for a short season and look after you. And I, I feel excited about it. I feel energized by it. There's lots to do. So, great. Thank you. Appreciate the uh, applause. And I know that... The elders and the team are very much behind me in this season. Um, I just want to explain why it is that I've alighted on such a passage. Um, it's, a, it's an important passage because it basically represents a transition of leadership, which is right in the season that we're in right now. So Moses has been leading the people of Israel for uh, over 40 years. He's led them out of captivity in Egypt. 
They've wandered around in the desert, uh, and because of their disobedience and the difficulties they went through, that took 40 years, and a new generation rose up. Um, and then Moses has come to bring the people of Israel to, to the promised land, to the land of Canaan that's been promised to them, and they're all waiting on the other side of the Jordan River, waiting to cross into the promised land, and then the Lord takes him. He passes on into glory. He dies, and he, he, he comes to the end of his life, and he never quite sees that point that he was being told by God to follow through and lead the people towards. And at the end of Deuteronomy, uh, there's a prayer said over Joshua, and Joshua has the Spirit of God placed upon him by that prayer, and he becomes the next leader uh, to lead the people into the promised land. And that's where we find ourselves at the beginning of this story. Joshua is about to do that final part of the task of leading all of this people into this land. And so we, we are here in Joshua chapter 1, and God is speaking to Joshua about what to do. Now, I wanted to uh, kind of say to you that in preparation for this message, um, I read uh, the story in several different translations. Uh, and uh, what you probably have on your U version is the English Standard Version, which may have varied slightly from what I read. My, my device jumped back to the NIV. Hard habits die, uh, habits die hard, I guess, and my phone is used to the NIV. But actually, in the ESV translation, as I was reading through, I was reading it aloud last weekend, asking God, what is it that you want to say to this people uh, on this day? And he pointed out something very simple to me, which is quite a surprise as well. Uh, you, you may not spot this first of all, but if we go through that translation, which is a very literal translation to the original Hebrew language, the word this appears. The word this appears, in fact, it appears five times. And it's quite unusual. Uh, let me take you through the points at which it occurs in the English Standard Version. And it really spoke to me and really jumped out to me. Um, it says this, it says, go over this Jordan in verse 3. And then it says again in verse 3, you and all this people. And then it says uh, a little bit later on, this Lebanon, as part of describing the, the scope of the country that the people of Israel are to occupy. And then it says, uh, you will cause this people to inherit the land. And then it goes on and says it one more time, this book of the law. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty puzzling to have that. Why would God say to Joshua, uh, like at the beginning of a, of a period of time in which he's got to lead the people, why would he use the word this? It's very strange to me. It's, it's like Joshua is right in front of the situations he's in front of, and yet God says, this people, this Jordan, this Lebanon, this book of the law, what is God saying? Here's what I think God is saying to Joshua, and I think he's saying it to us this morning. We need to get focused in on the this that we have right in front of us now. You know, in a time of, uh, of maybe grieving when somebody moves on, or, you know, like in the situation we have with Pastor Mark where he and Kathy have gone to lead a new church, uh, there may be quite a few of us who are still coming to terms with that, still grieving it, still missing him. He's a, he's a great character and a huge amount of energy and a fantastic senior pastor. And of course, we are all going to miss him. That is, you know, that is what's going to happen. That's how our feelings are going to process this. And, and there's, a, there's a space there for a new leader to come in and take the helm. And when we have situations where there seems to be like a vacuum or a, or a problem or, a, a, or an unsettling season... 
We need a leader to come along and say, now focus on this, this, and this. We need that, don't we? We need, we need God to say, now do this, 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 and this. We need it really clearly, and I think he does it in this translation. Now, I've gone back to the ESV, and I've checked out the Hebrew. I'm no Hebrew scholar, but I've gone into that, and those words, those words that are there, those, those times that the word this appears are very specific emphasis uh, to draw attention to those points that uh, is being made by God to Joshua. And I want us to receive that. And the, my message today is to try and get behind what each of those this statements are and say, well, what is God saying? against each of those words, this, and get behind that. Are you with me so far? So, something surprising in the text, but God is speaking to us through it today. We see this around us a lot in our society, in our culture, just everywhere you look. When the chips are down, somebody has to make a decision that this is going to happen. Uh, all of our students recently, for instance, have gone through their, you know, their GCSEs, their A-levels, maybe their exams at university, and they'll be telling themselves in those dark hours of self-leadership late at night, the day before the exam, I need to pass this paper tomorrow morning. That's what we do to ourselves, isn't it? We say, I need to do this. Gareth Southgate, this afternoon and this evening, is going to be saying to the England team, you need to win this match. Uh, can I hear an amen? Yeah, absolutely. And 5-3 to the English, please. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's coming home indeed. Um, Boris Johnson is saying to the NHS, and he's been saying it for a long time, vaccinate this country. Do this job. Back in the early 70s, they had a, a terrible mission to the moon, Apollo 13, and uh, they had all sorts of technical difficulties. But those NASA guys in that control room down in Houston were saying, get this spacecraft back to home. So when the chips are down, we need to hear a leader saying, do this, this, and this. And this is what this message is all about today. We need to hear a few thises from God in order to anchor us in a season where we have a vacuum and a leader has moved on. This word to us this morning from Joshua chapter 1 is a clarion call for us to listen to God and help him uh, and hear him anchoring us in this season. Now, I want to go through and understand what the, each of the word this, uh, each time it occurs, what is it tied to? And is there a picture that comes out? And I believe that there is. Let's take them in, in reverse order through uh, the passage. I, I want to jump on to the last one first. It says, this book of the law. Uh, let's just jump down to that. I think that's in verse 8. Um, it's, yeah, verse 8 in the ESV. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, I believe that that, that particular instance of this is that there is a passage for us to speak every day. Because the book of the law uh, for Joshua there represents the, uh, what was given to Moses up on the, on the mountain was the instructions from God. And we have the instructions from God in our YouVersion app or in our physical Bibles, don't we? And so there's a passage for us to read. That's the first this that I want to highlight. The second this is that the, um, is, it goes back to verse 3. It's this people. God is talking to Joshua about leading this people. 
Uh, not any people, not get your head out of the clouds, uh, Joshua, get your head out of your morning. I, I need you to lead this people. And so for us today, that translates to that there is a person in our world to influence. And it might be a person a day, it might be several people a day, and it goes on and on and on. We are called to be influencers of people for God. So the, sec- the first P is a passage to speak. The second P is a person to influence. And that comes from that section where it says, this people, where God says to Joshua, this people. The third one is this odd phrase, this Lebanon. Like, it's so strange. It's not like there's loads of Lebanons around for Joshua to go and deal with. It's this Lebanon, and, and, but God is saying, no, deal with this place. And what we're we're looking for here, or what God is trying to say to us, is that there's a place for us to occupy. So number one, a passage to speak. Number two, a person to influence. Number three, a place to occupy. And number four, this Jordan, well, now the Jordan represents a problem. And the reason the Jordan represents a problem is because it's a big river, uh, and uh, Joshua has two million people that he needs to lead across this river, and it's in flood, and he doesn't have a bridge. Uh, That's a considerable problem, isn't it? Uh, And so that final this represents the problem. And so what I'm asking for us to to kind of zero in on today, uh, in this first Sunday when Pastor Mark and Kathy have moved on uh, to their calling at KT, I want us to focus on this book of the law, the passage that we need to speak out each day. This people, who is the person that we are called to influence? This Lebanon, this is, what is the place that we are called to occupy? This Jordan, what is the problem God has for us to overcome each day in Him? Are you with me so far, BCC? Yeah. Let's unpack each one of these and just pull out one or two points from each thing just to encourage you and to strengthen you. This passage says, be strong and courageous. Let's press into these four Ps. These are the four Ps of how to be from that image up there behind me. So Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, uh, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And here's the step up, BCC, that I'm going to exhort and persuade and encourage you to take. I would like for you to speak out the Word of God twice a day for the next season. So if you're somebody that gets into your quiet time in the morning, uh, or you listen to the Word on the, on the way to work, uh, or you, uh, you, you do some kind of a reading, thing, a system or a pattern every day, there's going to be something in there that God is going to prompt you to speak out. And I would, I would really strongly encourage you, speak it out. There's going to be a passage or a verse that means something that will drop into your spirit and God will say, no, speak it out. It says in the word, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from what? From your mouth. Now that's a bit of a change for us because we're used to reading, we're used to hearing it, we used to sit in there quietly with our Bibles. Now in this season, it's a special season, we need to up the ante, we need to up the game. So speak it out. Speak out the verse that you are being prompted by uh, God in each morning. And double it up so that you're speaking it out at night. Speak it again. Or bring another passage and speak that out as as your head hits the pillow. Read a, a verse from a psalm and speak that out. I'm a real believer that the speaking of the word changes the spiritual fabric of where you are. And if we're all doing that around Birmingham, that will change the Spirit's people for God. Is there a person in your world, in your day, that you are called to, to be influencing towards God or in a godly way? How can we be doing that? 
I believe that God is asking us to influence people for God in this season while we await a new pastor. You know, we are called to be salt and light in the world. You know, salt, when you put salt on your chip, when you go to the chippy and you put salt and vinegar on there, you can taste that salt in your mouth, can't you? It's a, it's a definite influence. Chips are not as good without salt. I'm sorry, but they're not. And light is, is an incredible influence. If this room was completely dark and I held a candle, everybody's eyes would immediately shoot to the candle. That is the kind of person we are being called to be in this season. Salt and light. Jesus teaches it in the most famous sermon in history, the Sermon on the Mount. We are to be salt and light. We are to make a difference. We personally need to influence the people around us to be more like Jesus. And we can all take responsibility for that, a person at a time, a day at a time. I've got a great little video to show you, and in this video, um, a famous person talks about their Christian faith. This is a person who has um, kind of boasted about their faith in Jesus at the Oscar ceremony. It's absolutely legendary person. I really, really rate her highly. Great person, great faith. But do you know what? In the video, she mentions that someone phoned her and talked to her about God following a prompting. Hey, let's be people like that, BCC. If we hear a prompting from God, let's act on it. Let's influence people. You know, God puts those promptings in there because he's gone ahead of you. How can you fail? Think about it. Come on, I'm not wrong, am I? If he's prompted you, then he's gone ahead of you. Come on. So watch the screen. This is a great little video and a great lady. Thank you. I literally steal everything from you guys and post it on my Instagram. Fight me. I was pretty much going through life. I had all of these ambitions and all of these things I really wanted to do. But I was also just dealing with like some dark stuff that I wasn't like unboxing it and like trying to solve it. I just knew something was wrong. I was not fulfilled by life. Even if I booked an acting job, it was like, what's the next acting job? If I had money in my pocket, it was like, how much more money can I have? What else can I get from this? It's like nothing literally satisfied. And I just knew something was up. I just knew that this can't be life. But thankfully, um, my friend, yeah, my friend um, called me one day and he was just talking to me. He was just like, God told me to call you and tell you that you're not in a good place. I can tell you about Jesus. And his spirit set me free. So I'm just sharing it with you. And in that sentence was like, the interest just clicked. And he gave me uh, Matthew 6, 33. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things shall be added on. The first time I read it, I just see, seek first the kingdom. As I started to read the different verses and the different versions, it just basically said, keep your eyes on God. In, in its entirety, that's what it meant. I just got really hungry and I really just kept feeding myself on the word and the gospels were just my favorite like literally all of those you know amazing red letters are just you know so impactful and just brought life to me I'm able to you know have an app that gives me scriptures and, and gives me breakdown then you see a, a verse and it literally brings your mind back into alignment to what God wants you to be and, and who God wants you to be I knew something happened, but I knew there was something different in my spirit. I felt free and my mind wasn't tripping anymore.
It was like, I'm actually free. What a great illustration of the power of influence over a person. Praise God for that friend who rang her. She's now got a vibrant faith because someone bothered to, following a prompt, to follow a prompting from God, which is exactly what Josh, Joshua is being asked to influence people in this passage. We are being asked to influence people uh, from this passage. That is what I think God is asking us to do in this season. Just as a little aside, should we pray for that great lady to become an ambassador for Christ? I just think it's great to talk about Jesus at the Oscars. How cool is that? Let's just pray for her a second. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you'd use Letitia right mightily in her life. Would you bless her and increase her and take her faith from strength to strength? I thank you for her witness. I thank you for her faith. And would you bless her greatly? In Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. What a great lady she is. So number one, a passage for you to speak. What is the passage that you're speaking out twice a day? Number two, a person to influence. Who is it in your world that God is prompting you to influence and to lead? Now Joshua had a lot of people to lead, but we can do it one by one in our friendship circles and our networks. Number three, a place to occupy. These are the four P's of how to be in a season of transition. Number three is a place to occupy. Joshua 1.3 says, every place that you set your foot, uh, sorry, every, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. Uh, now, I want to I show you something kind of fun. Uh, I'm, uh, I follow lots of people on that fitness app, Strava, uh, and uh, we cheer each other on with our running and our football and all those kinds of things. And I've got an Elam minister friend called Howard, and um, Howard does, oh, he's a crazy runner. He does marathons now, and then he's way quicker than I am. Uh, and the other day, I noticed that Howard put his Strava on for a football match. And uh, I don't know if you can show that image up on there, Elide, uh, but this is what his uh, football match ended up looking like. Uh, so basically, uh, the GPS in his phone, which is what shows the position of where he is to track his fitness, ended up moving all around the pitch over and over again to create this massive squiggle. I wanted to show you this because I think it represents rather nicely in a graphic way how God sees us when we follow in his will. Um, uh, you know, when we are invested in God's plans and when we're doing God's will and His Spirit is with us, um, it's like a spiritual GPS that He will go with us everywhere we set the sole of our foot. That's what the promise of Joshua 1 is all about. And this is what I think God is asking of us in this season. He is asking us to occupy this place over time. We've had a long season of, of not, you know, Pastor Mark and I have been working in empty rooms for a long time with a few small, you know, small team of technical crew. And then we've gradually had people back and more and people back and more people back. But what I think Joshua, this message from Joshua is saying to us today is reoccupy the church building. Amen. Now, you've got to take your time and do it at the time that you feel ready in the Lord to do it, but it's coming. I want for us to reoccupy this place. Come back to this place. Occupy this place. 
is so, so important. We have a place to occupy. And of course, that principle applies wider than just being at church. We have a place to occupy in our jobs, a place to occupy in this world. Place is important in the Bible. I was reading uh, some uh, scholarly work on the book of Luke and Acts, and I think there's like uh, over 50 places get mentioned in Acts, uh, and, and all of them have been verified by archaeology, every single one. Um, and so place is incredibly important to God because, because it shows that his action is in real history and real time in specific places. Number three, a place to occupy. And I just want to tease out something to you. I hinted on it earlier. Um, notice how it says this uh, in, in verse, one, uh, verse, verse 3 sorry, of uh, Joshua chapter 1. It says this, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. In other words, all the places that you're going to go in God, guess who's been there first? God himself. Do you hear that? And do you receive that, church? Every place that God asks you to go, he has been before you. He has trodden it already. And that's an encouragement to us that what God asks us to do, he has been there ahead of us to prepare the way. I just don't want you to miss that little detail there because it's an exciting thing to see. Number four. So let's just go through this again. Number one, a passage to speak uh, twice a day. Uh, number two, a person to influence. Number three, a place to occupy. Number four, a problem to solve. And I'm just going to ask our worship team just to come up on, this, uh, up on the platform and you guys can begin to play uh, just as you feel led. Joshua 1 verse 2 says, Go over this Jordan. Go over this Jordan. Now, the, I hinted earlier that the Jordan represents a big problem to the people of Israel. Now, it's a problem because it's a river, it's in flood, there's two million people to get across, and there's no bridge. God is asking us to face some specific problems in this season. Now, they might be small problems, or they might be really, really large problems. But God is asking us to step into and face some of the problems that we have in our world. Uh, let me just share a quick story with you from yesterday, as fresh as yesterday. Um, I felt that I needed, well, I had to fix the front right-hand side lamp on my car. Headlamp. Uh, so on full beam it was fine, but on dip beam there was no light there. And that's illegal, you have to fix that. And so I, uh, I went down to the local Texaco garage and I thought, right, let's, uh, let's buy the, the bulb. And I, I got back and opened the bonnet and banged my head inside the bonnet. And then I got my arm stuck in the little cap, you know, aperture to try and get the bulb out. And then I got all oily and then I banged my head again. And then I got, it was just a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Um, and in the end, I thought, no, I'm going to go to Halfords. Uh, and so I went to Halfords down the road and uh, I was a little bit annoyed, to be honest, because the guy did it in one minute. He got, and he got the right bulb, which I hadn't got. And he just went, and it was all done. And I was like, wow, you legend. And that caught, you know, so we have problems that we need to face, don't we, church? Individual problems specific to our lives. But we also have really, really big things that we need to face. We have issues of racial justice. We have knife crime in our city. We have just the problem of making church work. We have uh, inequalities in our society. We have so many big things that we need to face. Um, there's a great book uh, called The Infinite Game by a guy called Simon Sinek. And uh, in The Infinite Game, what si Simon's kind of point is that there are some things that we are called to do that we're not really going to get to kind of see the outcomes from maybe until eternity. Now, that, that's an interesting concept because the finite game is something that we find very appealing by contrast. 
You know, we've got two finals this afternoon, haven't we? We've got a Wimbledon final, and we've got a football final. And I'm praying that England win 5-3. I'm just going to say it and put it out there, okay? But the, the appeal of a game is that it's finite. It's got a specific start, a specific end. There's a scoreline. And then we know the outcome. And I think a finite game is something that gives us comfort temporarily. But that's no excuse for not getting into the infinite game, which is where we change lives. We influence people for the better. We deal with the problems we see in our society. We tackle knife crime. We face stuff. And we get into it and we solve it. Now, that sounds big and it sounds hard, but we have a God who goes with us and he inspires us to solve stuff. And some of those problems are going to take a long time to fix. But don't not fix them just because they're long or just because they're large. Let's get into it, BCC. Let's tackle some stuff. Who's with me? Come on. Let's all stand and we're going to worship a a little bit more. Let's all stand and we're going to worship a little bit more. And then I'm going to come back and we're going to just do some ministry time. And you guys on our live stream, it's been great to have you on there. We're going to worship just a little bit more and press into what God has for us uh, from this message. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you.